Coming to you from Silicon Valley, I'm Marcus Edwards, and I'm on the hunt for recruiting leaders, producers, innovators, and pioneers who've made their mark on the industry and can't wait to share their points of view. We'll tackle the tough topics and dig deep to find the answers you're looking for and some actionable advice you can take to the bank. So stick around and stay tuned, and welcome to Recruiting Trailblazers. So I'm very excited to welcome my guest today to Recruiting Trailblazers. Adam Gordon is the co-founder of a recruitment marketing automation company called Candidate ID, which launched in January 2017 and was acquired by iSIMS earlier this year. He spent over 20 years in recruiting and was also the founder of Social Media Search, which was acquired by Norman Broadbent in 2012. So welcome to the podcast, Adam Gordon. Thank you so much for having me, Marcus. It's a real pleasure to be here. Yeah, fantastic. I'm glad we're getting the chance to have this conversation. I haven't really had a chance to sort of delve into the world of recruitment marketing automation um, on the podcast yet. I mean, we've touched on technology pieces. I really wanted to talk to you about what recruitment marketing automation is, um, how it can impact the lives of recruiters and recruitment agencies and in-house teams, you know, some of the challenges, some of the upsides, downsides, et cetera, the mindset. So let's get into it. Okay. Now, Before we get into the nitty gritty and discover why recruitment marketing automation can be such a game changer for recruiters, can you paint sort of like a brief picture of what the current recruiting automation landscape looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's a lot of different sort of automation technologies within recruitment today from those technologies that will parse resumes and put them into your CRM to uh, technologies like chatbots, which will have semi-automated conversations with candidates to try and bring them into your database or bring them into a recruitment process. Um, But marketing automation is a bit different, and there's nobody else really that's uh, moved into this area yet So, uh, until we did. And um, so what marketing automation is all about is building workflows which trigger next best actions uh, based on each candidate's click. So the candidate does something that triggers a next thing that happens, or they do not do something that triggers a next thing that happens, whether that is they get another message or another call to action through um, SMS or through WhatsApp or um, a a browser notification or something like that, that. And, The intention here is to be able to serve up the most personalized experiences for each candidate at scale on a programmatic basis. So you build all your automation workflows and then you just press go and and it works. So it it works in the candidate's own time. Okay. Um, How does it differ from just posting an ad on a job board or posting an ad on your website and then just collecting that person's email address and then reaching out to them? There's a number of different aspects to it. So you post a job online, the people that you're talking to really are the people that are in the market looking for opportunities like right now. Most people don't read recruitment adverts unless they're absolutely ready um, to to think about sending their resume out. Uh, And so when we want to try and talk to the total addressable market, that's everybody who we might hire or we might place in the future, the job advert 
is suboptimal. That's probably talking to maybe 5% of people who are in the market today. Uh, when we're hiring, especially when we're hiring in in-demand areas like enterprise sales or healthcare or technology, for example, we need to try and get our messages uh, to everybody within that addressable market. And so we need to be talking to them about things that are useful and relevant for them, whether they are uh, cold, whether they're what we call warm, or whether they're what I call um, higher ready. And the only way to do this at scale uh, is to use marketing automation because it's going to be able to tell me that Marcus is clicking on my content, which is to do with skills and insights for podcasters, but he's not clicked on anything that's about working at my organization as a podcaster. He's not clicked on any job descriptions or anything like that. So automatically, the marketing automation is going to keep sending Marcus skills and insights and useful, relevant things that will help you be a better podcaster. It's not going to bother you with you know, a call to action, which is a recruitment message, until you start looking at the job descriptions and things like that. Right. Okay. So it's really, it does a great job of segmentation. It analyzes my interests through whatever sort of content journey I'm on on your website and then sort of sets me down a path or puts me into a specific funnel um, depending upon my behavior on the website. Is that an accurate description? That's a great description. Absolutely. Everybody's different. You, you send, you copy and paste the same message to 500 people, you know, a lot of them are not going to be interested at this point because it's such a generic message. You send the same message to the same 500 people in two weeks. You know, you will get a di- you'll get a different response from different people because people's interest, you know, ebbs and flows over time around new job opportunities and should I make a move and it, is this interesting to me? So what we want to be able to do is create programmatic workflows that adapt the person's journey with every click that they're making so that it's really personalized for them, as opposed to the traditional batch and blast communications, which is almost every form of recruitment marketing today. Right. One size fits all. Yeah. And one size fits all. You know, we we, we, we all know this. We all know this from, or I, I think we do, because I've been in recruitment marketing for so long. Maybe we don't know this. Uh, but, you know, the, the best type of messaging that comes to you is often the kind of messaging that you might see on Facebook, where you go, damn, I do like those shoes. They're absolutely brilliant. I'm going to go and buy them. Well, that's because, you know, the Facebook advertising algorithm has determined that you're very much like the types of people who love those kinds of shoes, for example. So it's highly, highly personalized. That's an advertising example. But with marketing automation, you're learning the same types of things about the individual. What's it from their behavior? Right. Completely understand that. So really the mindset behind recruitment marketing automation is very different from the mindset behind the typical sort of recruiting day-to-day that people do, which is very much a sort of, you know, bums on seats. We need to find people today and and get them placed tomorrow or get them hired tomorrow. This really takes a a much more sort of zoomed out view of, of how to build pipelines because you're talking to a much wider audience. You're not just talking to people who are looking to move today. And that sort of speaks to a very different mindset in recruiting, doesn't it? Because we're all, because of metrics, we're all as recruiters under the gun to get stuff done today. And sometimes, you know, the companies we work for don't really make space for us to think about who we need to be hiring in six months from now. 
but recruitment marketing automation sort of takes a much um, a more holistic view of the hiring process, right? Yeah, this is true. So we, we think about it, you know, in mainstream marketing terms, you don't just think about who's ready to buy today. You think about who am I, who do I want to sell this to? And then you create messaging that's going to be appropriate for the stage of buying that they're at, whether they've never heard of you yet, through to they're like deep into your technical specification. So we think about the same the same thing in recruitment. And, you know, vast numbers of people are not in the market today. And so we need to be communicating with them with messages that are going to keep them interested, keep them wanting to click. Um, and, and, you know, the, the job ad and the employer branding materials is often not what they're interested in right now. You're absolutely right. It's a different way of thinking about things because it's not about, right, I've got to make three placements to fulfill my quota every month. And therefore, you know, what am I going to do to get those placements like made in two weeks time so that I, you know, hit my target? It's about, it's definitely about a more medium term approach. As a result, it is probably best for the types of roles where like evergreen hiring requirements, you're constantly hiring. If I am uh, a clinical research organization like IQVIA, I'm constantly hiring clinical project managers and clinical trial specialists and people like that. If I am PepsiCo, I'm constantly hiring national account managers and people in branding and people in R&D and those types of areas. If I am Morgan Stanley, I'm constantly hiring business analysts. I'm constantly hiring investment bankers. There's certain types of jobs where if the person has got, if the person is ready for a move and they've got the right skills, I will create a job for them right now. It's very, very well suited to those kinds of, you know, evergreen requirements. Right. And so to some extent, your success in recruitment marketing automation must depend on already having established a solid brand so that when candidates sort of land on your website or whatever, they, they remain interested long enough to enter, you know, whatever funnel it is that you want them to enter. Is that right? Interesting that you might come to that conclusion because you would think that the organizations with the biggest brands are the ones that have got the most to benefit from this. However, you know, companies like PepsiCo and Microsoft and businesses like that, they get a lot of inbound contact from prospective candidates. And actually, those organizations that are uh, not as well known, they're the ones that have to spend more time on being innovative. To ca- they, they've, got, they've got more catching up to do. And so things like recruitment marketing automation are often tools uh, you know, that they want to go and invest in. And they want to invest the time in building out the right content to nurture those talent pipelines and inspire those individuals because they've got more brand building to do. So often the second player in the market can be the one who's most inclined to go and do innovative things like this. Right. Okay. Um, This might seem like an obvious question, but what are the biggest benefits to recruiters if they manage to implement some sort of a recruitment marketing automation solution? If I go back to why we created this in the first place, um, that'll help to explain the biggest benefit. So I was working with one of the world's largest pharmaceutical companies, and they had 10 million people on their applicant tracking system and 2 million people on their CRM, which is the people that they thought were 
pretty kind of active and interested candidates. And I was doing talent sourcing for them. And and I I said, why do you keep procuring our services when you've got so many people on your database? And they said, well, the thing is, we don't know who's interested in us today. And so if you go and build those lists from scratch, from LinkedIn and elsewhere, and do the first stage outreach to those individuals, we get to find out who's interested today. And I went, wow, you're spending all this money on staffing agencies and advertising and talent sourcing services to bring in people that you've spent money connecting with time after time after time. And they admitted to me that it was the fourth time that they had some kind of contact with the average individual that they actually ended up you know, hiring them, that the person was ready and that the company was ready. So benefit number one is if you can see who's interested in your organization today based on their clicks, you build that talent pipeline and you fill a lot more jobs from that talent pipeline. You need to do less traditional talent sourcing activities, which a lot of them are like emergency, you know, emergency red light activities. Damn, we've got this job. I need to go and find everybody on LinkedIn and you know, reach out to them and send them a message. It's like a distressed purchase type of activity. And if you've put in the upfront effort to nurture this talent pipeline, to get them interested in you over time, then at all times of the day, you can go and see who's interested and you can build your shortlist typically 50% faster. So that's the first stat is 50% faster time to shortlist. Okay. So essentially it's like having, as opposed to an empty bullpen, a full bullpen of potentially interested candidates that you can go into who are already aware of your brand and have some recognition and whom you've been nurturing, et cetera, as opposed to sort of the, the old school way of working a recruiting desk, which is, you know, every time a rec comes across your desk, you go and reach out to another hundred or 200 people. Right. And quite often you're reaching out to the same people you reached out to two months ago. Yeah. I mean, that's quite unavoidable. If you're working a recruitment desk, the chances are a lot of the roles you're filling are going to be slightly different. But if you're working a recruitment desk and you're constantly filling Java developer roles, you should be doing this. You should be working that talent pipeline, nurturing it in advance. And the communication that, you know, the time spent on putting communication out to these people is considerably less over time than the amount of time you're going to spend on cold outreach every two months when the vacancy comes up again. Same vacancy. I go back to the same 100 people or 200 people or whatever. Um, So it really saves you a lot of time. We got the 50% stat, 50% from Specsavers, which is one of the world's leading optometry retailers. I think it's number two in the world. They're in about 15 countries. And they were able to get to shortlist 50% faster um, after 12 months of taking the what you've called RMA, Recruitment Marketing Automation Approach, they were also able to uh, show that they could fill 50% more jobs per recruiter. So considerable uplift in in productivity as well. Um, And then the third big benefit is you're getting more people interested in you because when you're nurturing people over time, you're generating goodwill. You're regularly giving them the message, which is making them feel warm and fuzzy about you as an organization. And so, you know, you're getting more people interested in you. So you've got a larger number of people to to go to. Okay. So you're analyzing all these people when they come in, you're putting them down a particular funnel or sending them on a an individual journey. But how do you capture these people's interest in the first instance? Is it through job ads? 
Is it through content? And what kind of channels are you using? I mean, where's the top of the funnel for recruitment marketing automation exist? And is that part of your sort of the service that you provided? Or is it something that you just sort of have to bolt on yourself? I mean, that's what we used to do. So I ran a talent sourcing business for a number of years, um, as you mentioned in the in the introduction. And uh, that's what we were doing. We were going and finding all the individuals that an employer might want to hire or that an agency might want to place. So we were doing a lot of that work. But um, when when that pharmaceutical to- company told me how many millions of people they had on their candidate database, and then I asked some other employers, is this similar for you? And they said, yes. I thought, wow, this is like an epidemic. All these companies are building up this data that's going stale every day. You know, they're spending huge amounts of money on building it. And uh, they're not really doing enough with it. So that's where you start. You know, every recruitment team around the world has got a database of people that have applied for jobs in the past. That's where you start. The, the people who didn't get the job last time, but would be good next time, the people we sometimes call silver medalists, that's a great place to start. The people who applied for a job, but it wasn't suitable for them, but there are other jobs that you hire in the future or place in the future that might be good for them. That's another good group. The people who came into the process but withdrew, the people people who were offered the job but turned it down this time, that doesn't mean they're necessarily saying they never want to hear from you again. They're just saying the timing's not right. Often it's just the timing's not right or I've been offered something else. Um, but you want to keep in touch with those people. And then there's all the people you've never yet had any communication with. So using some of the tools that are out there, like LinkedIn and other tools to go and build up an impression of that total addressable market, and then do something to create a relationship with them, whether it is aiming adverts at them, whether it's one-to-one messaging, whether it is uh, inviting them to your events, uh, whether it is posting things on social media that have got a form to fill in before they can download the publication or watch the video or sign up for the event or that type of thing. So there's many, many different things you can do to build that funnel. And you're never going to stop doing that because every day that goes past, some people retire from that market you're working in and other people start jobs in that market you're working in. So you want to set up uh, systems for capturing who's all the new people coming into the market. A very simple example of that would be uh, you know, the LinkedIn saved search. LinkedIn saved search will tell you Anytime somebody joins LinkedIn uh, with a particular job title or changes their job title so that they would today uh, be found in that search. So you get you get ready-made lists in that way. And that's a way of, uh, you know, filling regularly filling up your, your funnel. Good stuff. I remember when we were having our sort of pre-conversation, we, we touched on the subject of, of how agencies and in-house teams are structured these days. And how, you know, in the recent boom, in the most recent boom that we had, sort of post-COVID recruiting boom, hiring boom, everybody just went out and hired a ton more recruiters. Um, You look at the problem very differently, don't you? Yeah, I do. And um, I I can talk about a few organizations I know where there's, there's one in particular, another healthcare business. They started with recruitment marketing automation. And they had 24 360-degree recruiters uh, doing their own talent sourcing, their own candidate interviews, liaising with the hiring managers, uh, and then doing the kind of onboarding as well. And 
when they started to work out that all of the one-to-one cold outreach that they were making was not very productive and it would be much better if each individual was only spending their valuable human time talking to people that they know are likely to be interested in opportunities, they reshaped their team. They moved eight individuals into roles where they were purely focused on nurturing talent pipelines, pulling together the content, bringing in all the new people and doing all that top and middle of the funnel kind of stimulation so that the remaining recruiters were just getting constant emails every morning, eight o'clock with, here's your seven hot leads for today, candidates you haven't spoken to, but who have been clicking and are therefore likely to be interested. So they totally reshaped their organization and went from 24 360-degree recruiters to eight people who were basically talent pipeline managers and 16 who were filling the jobs. And those 16 were filling considerably more jobs than the 24 had done, you know, with the approach which was they were all doing everything. The big, the big productivity saving was the reduction in one-to-one cold outreach, which is a really, you know, time-consuming and low reward activity. Yes, it works. We've all done it. I've done it. You've done it. Like lots of us have done it, but there are better ways of doing things today. There are, but it's a very hard activity to get away from as a recruiter because it's very knee jerk. It's very sort of immediate. The rewards can be fantastic if you if you get lucky, but I think it's it's like potluck recruiting because Basically, you're looking for somebody when you cold outreach, you're looking for someone who today is interested in precisely the, the role that you're looking to fill. And, and that window is usually very small for most candidates. And so you're much better off implementing a strategy whereby, you know, you achieve a degree of recognition and trust and authority with that candidate. So somewhere down the road, when they do decide they're looking for a role, they think of you and come back to you, right? 100% correct. And look, there's loads of, there's loads of tools out there today, which give you very accurate skills matching and tell you all the people that have got, you know, uh, the qualities that you're looking for in the job you're trying to fill, that bit's not that difficult. The visibility on who are the individuals is not difficult like it was when you and I started in recruitment, um, when the visibility on what are the na- what's the name of the pe- names of the people in that company who do those jobs, that was one of the hardest things. That's not that difficult today. The difficult bit is getting them one-to-one, you know, in communication with you and they'll be able, you'll have a much better success rate if you know who's clicking and what they're clicking on. So that is, you know, the big value prop for marketing automation. And you'll have a much better success rate if you don't go in for the kill in your first message. Because, you know, what recruiters tend to do, again, because, you know, we need to get bums on seats, is rush our prospects up the aisle with messaging that sort of includes, you know, here's the job we need to fill. Your profile looks great. Let's have a conversation. And it doesn't really make room for the time that it takes to properly start, develop and nurture a relationship so that that person is, you know, much more open to hearing about, you know, what the opportunities look like. I like the analogy. I'm glad you brought it up because it's one that I've used many times. You don't go onto match.com and ask somebody to marry you. However, however, If you know, if you're ready to get married and you've got visibility on Match.com of the other people who are ready to get married today, then 
you can make the stars align a lot faster. And so, you know, reaching out to the individuals who, with, with a call to action, which is talk to me about this job, because you know that they've been on your career site. You know that they looked at the job description. You know they watched your video about what it's like to work there. You know, those types of things. Then you can really accelerate that courtship. Uh, but it's, it's, a very, it's a very good analogy. It's more like Tinder. I, I was going to say the same, but I, I've never been, I've never really actually been on it. So I didn't want to infer that I've got any personal experience. Right. Me neither. Um, what's most interesting about all of this is I think if you said to any recruiter, look, if I could show you a way where you literally don't have to or spend way less time doing cold outreach or reaching out to the same people over and over again, because I can show you a nurtured group of individuals who are ready to have those conversations. I think every recruiter in the world would put their hand up and say, I want some of this because my skill set as a recruiter, to be honest with you, isn't necessarily outreach. I mean, we can all type emails and you can learn how to type great emails and there's plenty of information out there. And I talk about outreach all the time, but I think the rubber meets the road. And I've always said this when you have your first conversation with a candidate, that's really where you know, you set yourself apart and are able to differentiate yourself as a recruiter. So any sort of like shortcut or, you know, piece of automation software that can help me get to that part of my job a lot quicker. You know, if I wake up in the morning and I know that my calendar is full of eight or 10 people that I know are interested in having that conversation, then my whole job as a recruiter becomes a lot easier and also a lot more rewarding as well, right? I mean, that's, that's effectively what my customers get. They get, a, they get an email coming in at eight o'clock every morning with, uh, you know, tech recruiter recruits JavaScript people and they get a, a list coming in by email at eight o'clock every morning saying, here's the five JavaScript candidates that we're very confident are going to welcome a call from you today. You know, and even if you get four out of the five saying yes, then you're just going to be so much more successful. And we find it time after time. We've got customers who have bought our product and have not really used it to its capabilities. And they've ended up using it almost like a CRM. They've got something from it, but those organizations that get into the right mindset of, you know, I, I, I want my recruiters spending all their time talking to hot candidate leads because that is where that individual, you know, highly skilled recruiter that's great at um, communicating and achieving influence with that candidate on the phone or on Zoom or on Teams or whatever, or in person, of course, that does still exist. Um, you know, that that they're the ones that are that are thriving the most. The, fill up fill up the recruiter's valuable human time with warm leads, and they will be more successful for your business. What is the biggest hurdle that you face in demonstrating the ROI of this stuff? Because I can almost imagine some recruiting leaders just thinking this sounds, you know, like it's going to be a long implementation. We're going to have to completely change the behavior of our recruiters. We're going to get further and further away from the recruiting dollar or the, the immediate placement. You know, I'm worried about whether or not this is going to impact my team. I and mean, what kind of objections do you have to face on a regular basis? And, and how hard is it to prove the ROI? So once an organization has bought the marketing automation software, they've done it because they've come to the conclusion that this approach is right for their organization. And they've already established what they want to achieve 
with recruitment marketing automation. Before they have bought it, I have a lot of conversations with organizations who think it sounds great, but they are a long way away from having a content marketing mindset. They're trying to they're trying to work out how can I cut every corner in this? How can I enable my recruiters to individually go and build recruitment marketing automation campaigns? And that's likely to fail. What they have to do is either invest in marketing experts to uh, do this as part of their team, or they have to repurpose existing team members who have got a natural flair for communication and marketing and technology as well, so that they can work out what works well, what works less well, and whatever works well, do more of it and keep iterating and keep trying different ways of doing it. Talent sourcers are often very good at adapting to uh, being able to do marketing automation because they're used to looking under every rock for an answer and working out when they're getting closer to that answer and when they're getting further away from it and trying different things to see what works. So, you know, I, I think there's a mindset around we want to change, we want to get more productive, we want to spend less time doing repetitive, non-productive things as a an organization. And if they've got that kind of mindset, then they're probably going to swim with this really well. If they don't, look, loads of recruitment teams are led by people who are in their mid-40s to mid-50s, and like, like me, for example. And these people have learned recruitment maybe in the late 90s or early 2000s, and in a way which is no longer really suitable. But their organization may still be making a load of money and doing very well, in which case they may well want to keep doing the same thing until they've retired. And that kind of organization is not going to adopt this. So, you know, we all know highly, highly successful people. Yep, it's hard to help people move away from that transactional mindset. But obviously the world is changing and, you know, it's nobody wants to be sold to anymore. So you really do have to adopt different behaviors as a recruiter. And it strikes me that what you were saying earlier about when you were talking about that group of 24, 360 recruiters and you siloed off eight of them and had 16 doing recruiting and eight doing sort of sourcing and nurturing. Well, a lot of companies have that sourcing function in place. And so this, this to a certain extent, could become plug and play. It's like, we're going to help your sources not only find the people, but really nurture them as well. And that would be a sort of an additional skill set that you could equip your sourcing team with, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the most sophisticated organizations, I think they've brought together the talent sourcing group and the recruitment marketing group into one unit. And it might be called something like talent attraction or something like that. But their job is to deal with the top and middle of the funnel, which is you know, typically going to be like 80, 90% of the addressable market so that the recruiters are doing the one-to-one. We think about it like logistics, actually. So you, know, you don't have individual delivery drivers bringing individual parcels from China to the USA or from you know, um, Sweden to the UK or whatever. You've got 
<clears throat> container ships and planes full of that. And it gets to a certain point where the individual does, you know, what's known as the last mile. We want to be thinking about it like that in recruitment as well. The last mile is the one-to-one conversation with those people that are at the bottom of the funnel. They've done the self-directed research. They've decided the time is right. And they've decided that they're interested in your organization because they've, they've, you know, gone and worked out, do I picture myself here? Yeah, I like that analogy very much, the, the last mile analogy. Um, it strikes me also that this might be a harder sell to agencies than it is to in-house teams because agencies typically don't have sort of dedicated recruitment marketeers um, on staff. You know, you're either a sourcer or a recruiter. Uh, is it harder to sell into agencies, but is the ROI still there for agencies? It, it, ha- it has been. It has been harder to sell into agencies. And some of that might be because of what I said earlier. The typical individual who's running a recruitment agency business um, is somebody who's learned how to do things when you and I did, where the world was a bit different. Um, I mean, I can think of one uh, global tech recruitment business where back in the early 2000s, I remember the average recruiter was billing like 20 grand a month. And today it's a much bigger organization but the average recruiter in that business is, is is billing seven. So, you know, they've done a race to, a lot of companies have done this race to the bottom. The more people we can find, they're all going to be less profitable, but it's all about the top line growth, you know, at, at, at the expense of profitability. <laughs> There's something not very smart about that. There's better ways of doing things. I'm not like, there are some recruitment agency businesses out there. Some of them, my customers who have you know adopted the mindset the right mindset of everybody you know every recruiter doing every aspect of the recruitment job is not the optimal way to do it and they have created talent sourcing teams like businesses like Hayes for example you know and companies like that they have got talent sourcing teams and 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 candidate attraction teams you know but in most recruitment businesses the marketing team is focused on B2B marketing. It's focused on bringing in, bringing you know, in the business. clients as yeah. opposed to bringing in candidates. Yeah. Exactly. But you think it can work for sort of boutique agencies of which there are thousands? I know it can. I mean, I, I've, I know it can. I see it. Um, probably 15% of my customers are staffing agencies and those businesses are performing better with candidate ID than they were without it. So, you know, I, I see, I can see it happening. How long does it take to sort of start this journey to get on the bandwagon, implement a recruitment marketing automation solution and start seeing results? Uh, it depends how many of the core ingredients you're already starting with. So if you're already starting with a library of content assets and some kind of a content engine, which is producing regular new content, you've got maybe individuals in your team or you've got freelancers or an agency or something that works with you to to build these assets. Um, if that's already in place, that's probably a month's shortcut. Right. Plus the size of your database. Size of your database. If you've got a if you've already got, if you've been doing this for 20 years, if you've been if you've been doing recruitment for about five or more years, and you've built up a database over five or more years, then you've probably got a large amount of the addressable market that you want to hire. I'm talking about those like white collar type jobs for like 
volume areas in construction and certain areas of healthcare and hospitality and things like that. It's such more of a moving feast. You're probably going to find it difficult to build up that total addressable market. But in areas like accountancy, <clears throat> legal, marketing, IT, things like that, you probably can. If you've got a decent database, you save yourself probably months worth of time in getting this moving. Um, and then if you've got the right mindset and the right company structure in place already, you're going to save time. But to cut a long story short, the answer is somewhere between two weeks and three months is typical. To get it up and running and to start to see those results trickling in. Well, not even trickling in, streaming in, hopefully. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, my my colleague, Scott McRae, uses a uh, he shows a video of a biscuit factory where uh, one every 10 seconds a biscuit's coming out and then it moves up to being like the it's flooded biscuits are flooding out of this you know a minute later and it's just accelerating um and uh, that's it's, it's quite a good video to to explain what this can do for you exciting stuff no this is really excellent stuff i'm glad we've had this conversation how do people find you if they want to find out a little bit more how do people reach you on the internet or linkedin if they want to find out more yeah, LinkedIn's probably easiest. Adam Gordon Isims, I-C-I-M-S. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, Adam underscore W underscore Gordon. Sorry about that. Uh, and I'm also on I'm also on Facebook again, Adam Gordon Isims, and I'm quite happy to connect with people from the industry. Uh, I don't just use it for friends and stuff like that. Uh, there's a webinar that I am on, a kind of talk show that I'm on every Friday called Recruiting Brain Food Live. Um, and uh, you'll find me on there as well. Oh, fantastic! You're on Hung Lee's um, podcast, yeah? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm basically Robin to his Batman. Fantastic stuff! I love Hung's stuff. Recruiting brain food is my favourite recruiting newsletter. Definitely worth checking out. So, thank you so much, Adam Gordon, for coming along to Recruiting Trailblazers today. This has been an education. Um, I've really enjoyed hearing uh, you know everything that you've had to say about recruitment marketing automation. Really appreciate you coming along. Thanks a lot again, and we'll talk soon. Marcus, thank you so much for having me. It's been a privilege, and I've really enjoyed it. Cheers, mate. Thanks.